The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church and Pastor Mark Ermler. Matthew chapter number 2 in our Bibles today. If you received a bulletin inside, there are some study notes. Uh, if you're wanting to at least write down the main points of the message here, we have been looking at the theme of worship over the month of December, and we've been learning what the Scripture has to say about really what worship is. We began in Genesis chapter number 22, studied the first mentioned principle of worship in the, the, the Word of God. Remember, Abraham took his only son Isaac there to Mount Moriah to offer him up as a burnt offering to the Lord. And uh, God intervened in a miraculous way, but that was an act of worship. And the, the word worship is there in the text. I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. In the heart and mind of Abraham, worship was sacrifice. It was giving of that which was most precious to him. Uh, last week we saw Deuteronomy 26 and what it means for the people of God when they went into the new land to offer up a basket of gratitude to the Lord in worship. And we went through the text uh, recognizing again that we have this wonderful opportunity uh, to come to God in worship of Him, and yet the Bible says we're not to come in empty-handed. Uh, our, our basket of gratitude before God. And now we're going to the New Testament, Matthew chapter number 2, and we're also going to theme, see the theme worship in the context of these wise men. Follow along as I read the first few verses of Matthew chapter number 2. And the scripture says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. Lord, we gather together this morning in your name. Lord, at this place that you've given to us as, Lord, your house, we ask that as we gather together today that you would speak to us through your word, through your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that as we think of this Christmas season, that God, you would bury deep in our heart the reality that uh, our worship ought to be growing, and there ought to be a deepening here of, Lord, a heart's desire to give reverence to you. God, I pray today that as we study these wise men, that they would teach us what real worship is, and God, that you would receive glory and honor because of it. Help us, God, as a church, to learn together how we might properly worship you. I pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Well, number one, first two verses of Matthew chapter number two give to us the priority of worship or the priority of true worship. I want you to note that although it's so familiar to us, the wise men, uh, and again, the Bible doesn't tell us how many there were. Now, the, the song that we sing is, uh, We Three Kings of Orion R, but we don't know if there were three. There could have been half a dozen. There, there could have been uh, uh, just 
two. Uh, but we do know that there were several that came and they journeyed, most scholars would say, from that Mesopotamia uh, region, uh, what we would know today as Iraq, and they came several months in journey toward Jerusalem as they were following the star looking for the king of the Jews. And so we see the uh, wise men are going to give to us a real picture, an illustration of what worship is for the child of God, especially during this season that we would recognize here that we have the privilege, as these wise men did years ago, to worship our King. And so when we look at the priority here of true worship, I want you to see that their worship was intentional. Their worship wasn't something that just all of a sudden we see uh, uh, once in a while they thought, well, maybe, maybe we'll go uh, and visit here Jerusalem and hey, if we happen to bump into that king of the Jews, we'll say hello. It was absolutely intentional. Think of all that went in to the preparation here for that journey. Uh, in spite of the distance, they came for one reason. What does verse 2 say? saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. Uh, They desired, in spite of a, a great distance, to establish a priority in their life that worship of the king is worth whatever cost there may be involved in in, in offering my worship to him. In spite of the distance they came, in spite of the discomfort. Uh, now, travel in those days was not easy, often by caravan. And, and these men, uh, very learned men, the wise men, very uh, wealthy individuals based on the gifts that they offered uh, the Savior there in, in the house. And, and we recognize that as they came, uh, they came at a tremendous cost discomfort to themselves, great distance, but nothing, absolutely nothing kept them from worship. Now, let's bring that into our modern age. Isn't it amazing how easy it is for us to keep uh, so many things, uh, uh, preoccupations that we have, keep us from really gathering together to worship our God? And yet, oh, that we would have in this season the same heart that these wise men had, in spite of the distance, in spite of the discomfort, in spite of the disruption to their life. I mean, think about it. How how many of us could take uh, months off uh, to make this journey uh, there, probably around the area of Babylon, uh, uh, just uh, sever themselves from their family, uh, from their, 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 their business, from all that they were involved in for one reason, and that is, I must go worship the king. Listen, when we gather together on Sunday, it's, it's, it's important. We've come to worship the king. And whatever cost is involved, it's, it's okay because, let me tell you something, he's worthy. He's worthy of our time. He's worthy of our our talents. He's he's worthy here of our treasure because He's the King. And we have the privilege as believers, as followers of Him, to set as a priority in our heart worship before our God. And that's exactly what they did. The distance, the discomfort, the disruption, uh, and even, I'm sure, the disapproval of some. Can you imagine some folks saying, what are you going to do again? 
And, and, and why do you have to go? And how long are you going to be gone? And are you sure this is something that you want to do? Uh, oh, in unison, their heart uh, was, was, was so enlarged in the thought that we would have the privilege to bow down before the King of Kings and before the Lord of Lords. What a privilege. What an honor. And oh, we need to get back to the uh, the, the place in the life of God's church where worship is a big deal again. I mean, it's a big deal. It's worth whatever the cost. Why? Because our heart's desire is to honor Him, to reverence Him. Let Him be our all in all. And so for these wise men, it was truly a priority. Here's just a practical question this morning. What priority does God have and worship have in your life? What priority does it have? Is it, is it an afterthought? Is it something here that maybe if, you know, if, if the weekend isn't too hectic, I may go ahead and, and be able to slide in that one hour a week? Well, listen, my Savior deserves so much more than that. He deserves here a heart of those that are wise that would uh, pull apart from all the, 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 the chaos and confusion and, and, and life itself and, and just draw nigh to Him. I mean, just for the privilege to be in His presence. Just, just for the privilege to prostrate ourselves before Him. Bow down before Him. Why? Because He is the King. And we ought to have a heart to want to worship our King. So we begin with this intentional worship, this priority of true worship. And then we go on here in the text looking at the possibility of true worship. That's, that's, that's what their heart's desire was. Verse number 2. These men, these wise men, by means of revelation came to understand that there was a birth. And the star that God allowed to be that guidance for them brought them to that place where they could truly worship the King. These men of revelation, men that uh, uh, probably looking at the Scriptures that uh, were taught by aged wise men like Daniel or Ezekiel as they were carried away into captivity to that area. And now years later here, there are other wise men uh, that uh, are desiring to search the Scriptures. Matter of fact, many uh, look at the book of Numbers, uh, chapter number 24, verse 17, as the text uh, that uh, probably was utilized by these wise men uh, to gaze to the heavens uh, for guidance concerning uh, this king and his birth. I'm going to read verse 17 for you of uh, Numbers chapter 24. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. There the scripture as it uh, unfolds uh, for those that are wise, for those that will seek God's truth. God gives His revelation. 
And so uh, through the writings of these godly men in history and uh, through the word of God itself and then that star that they saw in the east, these men of Revelation saw the possibility that they had personally to get involved in worship of the king. And they set it as that priority in their life. Now, there were other men that are mentioned in this text. Would, would you go with me to uh, Matthew chapter 2, verse 3? And we see here that not only was it the men of Revelation, but also the men who were religious uh, that uh, are described here in verse 4. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born, and they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. So here we have the possibility of true worship. For the men of Revelation, the men that responded, the men that left their homes and left the comforts of, of what they knew to go to this far-off land for one object, and that is to worship the king. By the way, the word worship is found three times in the text. And we see here that the focus of these men in making the journey was simply so that they could worship before the king. So what about these religious men? Can I tell you something? If you're here this morning and you have religion but you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, can I encourage you, get rid of religion and receive Christ. Religion cannot save anyone. It never has. It never will. The Lord Jesus Christ himself is the only answer. He is the door. Uh, Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. R religion, that is man's attempt, right, to reach God. And oftentimes it's built on a system of good works. You do this and this and this, and that will balance out the bad that you've done. And hopefully, at the end, there's more good than bad. Listen, that's not Bible. You're not going to find that in the Scripture. What you're going to find is that Jesus Christ came to this world for sinners. That Jesus Christ was born uh, of a virgin without spot, without sin, so that He could live a life uh, without that sin and then ultimately lay down His life. For the sin of the world. That's why he came. Born to die. Born so that you and I could have life. But that's a relationship. It's not religion. Oh, if you're trapped today in a religious structure or system that somehow puts it on you, oh, can I tell you, my friend, that Jesus Christ took it all upon himself? He did. And as he took it all upon himself, his desire is that you would be reconciled to a holy God through his finished work. He died for you. He was buried for you. He rose again for you so that you could have life everlasting. It is the greatest gift that God ever offered. And you must receive it. What better gift at this Christmas season than to receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord? And oh, at that point, you can truly become a worshiper of God. Until you have a right relationship with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, unless you're born again this morning, unless you become a child of God, 
you really won't be able to worship Him as He desires for us to worship Him. So the men of Revelation, they were devoted to God and to the worship of God. The men who were religious, isn't it interesting? They, 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 they had a head knowledge, didn't they? they? They knew where the Messiah was supposed to be born, five miles down the road from Jerusalem. That's as far as their religion got them. They knew where he was supposed to be born, but we have no evidence that the high priest or any of the scribes ever took the time to travel those five miles to see it for themselves. And that's sad. You can be religious and miss it all. You can be religious. You'd be so close, but so far. Right? Why? They had religion. They were following the religion of the Jews, but they did not have the Messiah themselves. And because they did not have the Messiah as their Lord, as their King, they kept on in their religion, separated from God, trying to do the best they can through their system of good works. Sadly, many of them would enter an eternity uh, separated from God because they simply refused to come to the Messiah. Not interested. We know where he's supposed to be. We have a head knowledge, but it's never reached down here. I find sometimes in Christian homes, young people, they have a head knowledge, but that head knowledge never kind of seeps down to the heart. And oh, we need something more than just a, a mental understanding of the facts of the Bible and who Jesus is. Do you have a, a, a time in your life when you have been born into God's family? Has there been a moment in your life when God's taken you uh, as you are a sinner and saved you and, 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 and cleansed you and took you off a broad road that leads to hell and put you on a narrow road that leads to life everlasting? Oh, the joy. The joy of this season is the joy of Jesus Christ coming to this world. And so in worship we see the possibility. It is possible if they would just make that journey. And then the third individual here is the man who's the ruler, uh, Herod. Now, Herod talks a good talk, doesn't he? Uh, there before the wise men, he says, Oh, why don't you go on ahead, you find him, and then come back and tell me where he is. Why? I want to worship him too. Well, Herod had no desire to worship the Christ child. Herod's desire was to have him killed. He wanted to know, when did you see the star? He wanted to know about how old that child would have been. And he ultimately would give the decree to have all of the children, boy, child, all the male children, two years and and younger, all slaughtered in that village of Bethlehem. That was the heart of Herod. Oh, he spoke, yes. He spoke of, yes, I want to worship him. But there was no desire at all for that worship. So, We have a priority. We have the possibility. Wouldn't it be sad today if someone walks out of this auditorium understanding that, yes, there's the possibility that I could be saved. There's a possibility my sins could be forgiven. But you don't act on that possibility. It'd be sad. It's sad for these scribes that are mentioned here. It's sad here for the high priest that's mentioned here. It's it's sad. Because they were more interested in clinging on to the dead system of of, uh, works religion than they were in a relationship with the Messiah himself. 
And oh, may today be the day of your salvation. Would you come to Christ today? The priority, number two, the possibility. Number three, the persistence of true worship. Now, again, as we go and and we study this, you would have thought after traveling literally hundreds of miles that there would have been a little bit more of an excitement amongst the religious crowd. And and you got to understand, these wise men, they could see that. They could see it as they talked amongst each other. And here they were so thrilled that they were so close to being able to offer their worship before the king. And yet they see an apathy apathy a spiritual apathy around them and uh and and i'm sure in their own hearts and minds they're saying listen we're willing to leave everything to travel hundreds of miles so that we can worship and they are content with just knowing it but not doing anything about it oh may god help us here to see their persistence in worship they were undaunted They were unapologetic. They were unashamed. They simply came for the purpose of being able to worship the king. And the question again this morning is, why are you here? Why am I here? What's the reason? And I trust this morning that the reason is so that we might be able to worship our king. Number four this morning, would you see the presentation of the true worshipers? The presentation that they made. Now, this is volitional. This is an act of their own will. Worship is an act of the will. By the way, worship here is uh, uh, something that must spring from the heart of the individual. It, it, It cannot be manufactured by someone else for someone else. It's individual. The high priest chose not to worship. The scribes chose not to worship. Herod, although he used the word worship, had no intention of worshiping. But these men, their intention was, I want to worship. I want to worship the king. And so volitionally, of their own will, they took the time to study the scriptures. They took the time to look out on the horizon to see the stars. They surrendered themselves as, uh, as they turned to their families and said, listen, we've got to go, we've got to go, we have to worship. They separated themselves. They, they, they sacrificed on that journey. Uh, why? Because they were willing to prepare to worship. They were willing to prepare to worship. And all oh, that we would have that same heart. God, it's Sunday's coming. And boy, it's been an interesting week. Oh, this came up and that came up. And boy, I've got to take care of this and this. And boy, my mind is just spinning because Christmas is just a couple days away. And I haven't even started on so many things. And I've got to take care of this and I've got to take care of this. Oh, pause. Take a breath. Recognize the reason for the season is Jesus Christ himself. Uh, No no one here has ever asked me this, but... um, I, I sometimes wonder. I've been a pastor for quite a few decades. And uh, this coming Sunday that falls on Christmas is a day that I think is extra special. And yet, sadly, so often what's going on is churches are determining that, well, you know what? Uh, I think we'll just not have uh, any services because, after all, it's Christmas. 
Now, that's backwards to me. Can you imagine uh, 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 a friend, uh, a spouse having a, having a birthday party and you not showing up? You know, I mean, this is the Lord's birthday. It's not yours. <laughs> we, we got it backwards, don't we? It's a, uh, you know, well, no, that's all about me. No, it's not. It's all about him. Now, we're going to be kind to the family. We've just got one hour next Sunday. But let me tell you something. It ought to be a time of worship. It ought to be a time of reflection on what God has done for us and the blessing it is to be his child and, and to have the privilege here of uh, worshiping him. And we can prepare our hearts to do just that. Number five, the presentation of the true worshipers. I'd like to go on in the text of verse number 9 and 10, and I want you to see their presentation. The Bible says, when they, this is these wise men, had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. Say, what's about to happen? Worship. Why are they so excited? Because they get to worship. It's close. It's almost here. There's the star. We just, we just got to get on the road and we just got to travel here a few miles. And if, if we do that, we can, before our king, bow and worship him. Oh, what, what a wonderful illustration to you and to me of the presentation that they are offering. First of all, they're themselves. They're giving of themselves. They're giving of their time. That's really what makes up any of us, isn't it? The time. Our time is short. We don't have a lot of life to give. When you offer somebody your time, you're offering something that's uh, it's invaluable. I, I mean, there's no way to put a value here on that commodity of time because it's such a, a, a short thing that we have. It's a precious gift. And that's exactly what they're doing. They are presenting themselves. And, and whatever it takes to worship the king, they're willing to make that sacrifice. Worship is costly. Worship is costly. Worship requires something of us. And so not only do we see in verse 11 that they're giving of themselves, notice they fell down. And worshipped him. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child and Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's a presentation of themselves and there's a presentation of their treasure. It's an interesting concept. You follow it all through the Bible. That's worship. That's worship. Their desire was to give their best to the king. You know, when we worship God, uh, what we are doing is we are recognizing that God has authority, complete authority over my life. He has absolutely uh, his uh, will and his way. He's my Lord, he's my king. My heart is to just follow him. 
And oh, as they made a presentation, we can make a presentation. We can give of ourselves to our King. And then lastly this morning, I want you to see the power of true worshipers. The Bible tells us here in verse number 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. You know, there's always real joy when there's real worship. There is. You know, you can always, you always tell when folks are coming, and, uh, and, and they're coming for the wrong reason. Sometimes they can leave, and as they leave, uh, they really are not leaving here with anything because they really didn't come prepared to worship God. Uh, they, they, they didn't come as an empty vessel to be filled. And yet we see here that the power of true worship is the reality of real joy. And it wasn't just a, a common joy. The Bible says it was great joy. It was exceedingly great joy. Anytime you've ever had that moment with God and that time alone with Him and, and that opportunity for God to speak to your heart, can I tell you, it fills the heart with joy. Because I'm communing with my king. I'm spending time with the king of kings. And, and what a precious, wonderful thing it is. Not only power to bring us real joy, but the power to redirect our journey. I love this. So they opened up the gifts. They gave the, the uh, uh, Christ child there, uh, that gold, the frankincense, and the myrrh. And now lo- notice what verse 12 says. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. The power to redirect our journey. You know, when I spend true time with God in worship, it changes me. And it could change the absolute direction of my life. Why? Because I have bowed before the king. I have said, king, you're Lord and God in my life. It's not my wishes and desires. It's your wishes and desires. And they were in tune because now they are told here that you're not to return. They were warned of God through a dream. Don't go back to Herod. Go another way. Listen, whenever we truly worship with God, we always are changed. And, uh, and the reality is we always go home another way. We go home different than when we came. And that's what worship can do. Oh, my prayer here at Crown Point Baptist Church is that as we gather together to worship our God, that it would change us. That it would make us more like our, our Savior, Jesus Christ. It would transform us. And it would give us what we need to move forward through the week in praising and honoring and glorifying Him. Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of Crown Point Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.